After he developed the plan, got all the appropriate licenses, found a storefront, John Davis was ready to start his business. So he did, well, the thing you do. He walked into a bank and he said, I'd like to open a business banking account. Yeah, we went in, uh, met with the uh, the local, I think he was district manager or something, uh, uh, shook hands, uh, talked a little bit. You know, everyone's very curious about my business just because it is a little bit uh, unique, I guess. Because of the pot? Yeah, uh, be because of the cannabis. John's business is a medical marijuana dispensary in Washington state. So in other words... John Davis was the most exciting customer to walk through the doors of that bank in months. Business bankers heard there was a guy asking for a bank account to sell pot, and they started crowding around him. Well, you know, you get your typical questions. Um, are you going to come in, you know, with a duffel bag uh, full of $40,000 smelling like marijuana? Are you going to try to deposit gold or other, you know, precious things? But no, we do daily drops just like any other business. We write checks to people. Our corporate habits, if you will, are pretty similar to any other business. And for a good year or two there, after the bank opened his account, John's business really was like any other business. He had staff, suppliers, customers. He paid his taxes. Until one day, John got a registered letter from that bank. Saying uh, we uh, we valued our relationship. It's been a wonderful one. However... Uh, we are no longer working with uh, businesses that have a cannabis component, and therefore we will we are closing our relationship as of 30 days. Basically, they're saying uh, you have 30 days to get out, and um, we're not going to put ourselves in a position where uh, you could owe us money. Uh huh. How do you run a business without banking services? Um, when I got the letter, uh, basically my first thought was. This is going to be a pain, and I'll tell you, it's not easy. Because, after all, selling marijuana is still a federal crime. What John was doing in his state was legal, which is why they opened his bank account. But what John was doing in his country was illegal, which is why they closed it. Now, voters in Colorado and Washington state just decided to make buying and selling marijuana legal for everyone, not just sick people, for everyone. So... Presumably, there will be lots more retailers like John in these states trying to sell pot, trying to run normal businesses with normal corporate habits. How is that going to work? Hello and welcome to Planet Money. I'm Hannah Jaffe-Waltz. And I'm Robert Smith. Welcome to our 420th episode of Planet Money, the business of getting high. I should say this was a totally delightful coincidence. We did not actually plan to have our weed show for number 420. And yet, friends... Here it is. It has arrived. Today's show, coming out of the shadow economy. Marijuana is now legal in at least a couple states, which means there should be a legitimate marijuana market in those states, which should mean there'll be legitimate marijuana businesses, which has people like John dreaming that this is finally the moment that he is going to get something he's been dreaming about for a very long time, a bank account. How do you? And, you know, John is really quite specific when it comes to this dream that he can, you know, drive up, park there in the parking lot of a bank, walk into the lobby and just, you know, talk with fellow businessmen. Hey, how's your business? My, my pop business is going well. Maybe have some, some coffee, you know. He says you just don't think about what a bank means to your life and your business until you don't have one. For him, 
every single thing is made more difficult without a bank. Even the thing that you really want as a business, which is money coming in. You know, if you have $50,000 in a bank account, that's not a big deal. If you have $50,000 in cash, you're at risk. You will get robbed, and uh, which is a, a business fail. And so John says to deal with this business fail, you need a huge safe. But actually, one safe is not enough. If you're in business, you need three safes. Um, you need a safe for bulk product. Only you have access to that safe. You don't want your staff stealing your supply. You need a safe for inventoried, ready-for-sale product. Your staff can have access to this safe, but you don't want your customers stealing from you. And then you absolutely must have a third safe for cash. Because if you put your cash in with the cannabis, it will end up smelling like cannabis. And when you go down to your bank, I guarantee you're going to have a talk with the manager of that bank. And all those precautions are just on the dealer side of the counter. On the customer side, there's even more details to attend to. So you have your storefront, you have customers coming in. And for everybody's convenience, you want to have merchant services. You want customers to be able to pay with credit cards. Originally, when I opened, I had Visa, MasterCard, uh, American Express, and Discover. American Express and Discover were one of the first to say, uh, sorry, we're cutting off your merchant services as of the beginning of the month, and we'll see you later. Have a good life. This seemed to correspond with the letter from the bank closing down John's account, which leads him to believe it was the feds. There have been crackdowns on medical marijuana dispensaries in the last couple of years. Many of those crackdowns seem to correspond with a bunch of bank accounts being closed. John has all kinds of conspiracy theories. Anyway... Unfortunately, we're a cash-only business. I have to have an ATM in my lobby in order to serve my patients. And the ATMs in this business, the the companies that uh, traditionally maintain ATMs, will not stock your ATM with cash. Why? Because it's possible that the federal government can come, break open your door, and take that cash. So as an added bonus, we have uh, we have to stock our own ATM you take your own cash and put it in your ATM? Yes, I have to. Because, and the only reason we need an ATM is because we don't have merchant services. John says payroll is a mess when you do it all cash. Buying materials online like towels and baggies, that's very difficult to do without a business credit card. Also, how do you pay your taxes? You know, there's sales tax and... You can't go into the DOR, the Department of Revenue, and, you know, give them a wad of cash. And, you know, how do you pay your federal taxes? With a money order? Actually, you, you can pay your taxes with a money order. But, but John, he advises using a personal bank account or even PayPal. He actually teaches a course to young weed entrepreneurs. It's called, really? It's called Cannabusiness? It is. Cannabusiness. Cannabusiness. And it's, it's all about how to operate an all-cash business. And he answers lots of basic questions like... What about loans? What do you do for loans? You don't. Uh, you can get... Angel investors are currently the only way that uh, you can start out. I imagine an angel investor in this context, kind of like Stringer Bell was an angel investor. But I couldn't get more from John on how this particular relationship works. He just kept saying, listen, these are investors and that these are guys who believe in the dream. Yeah, and, and they're not the only ones who believe in the dream. I mean, I think we know in Washington State, 55% of voters said, yes, marijuana should be legal. 
which makes John and the other marijuana-centric entrepreneurs really hopeful that finally, finally, that they're running a legal, legitimate operation. Finally, they can get out of this all-cash business, the three safes, the stinky cash, the whole thing, and finally just get a simple bank account. So we called a few large national banks and we said, okay, now this is legal in these two states. Would you open up these accounts for legitimate marijuana businesses? And they said, no way. Marijuana is still a federal crime. We operate in every state. Our corporate policy is no, no pot banking. And maybe you can understand this for huge national conglomerate banks. They have, you know, shareholders to answer to. They have all this federal regulation. Fine. But there are banks that just operate in Washington state where pot is legal, that have state charters who might not be as concerned with federal law. And plus, the way John talks about this, this is going to be a big thing in Washington state. Good business. You want this money. So I called a big credit union in Washington State, BECU, thinking for sure these guys are going to be popular with the weed business. Sure, credit union, (laughs) they're laid back. Why not? Yeah. And I said to Todd Peach at BECU, I said, okay, I walk in and I tell you I want to open a business account. What do you say? Uh, Well, on a business, um, certainly we could offer you the ability to accept debit and credit cards at your business at the point of sale. Um, We could certainly offer you a business checking account, potentially a line of credit, maybe even a alone, depending um, on what your needs are. And what if, what if I tell you that my business is to sell marijuana? Then we would say, unfortunately, at this point in time, um, we're unable to uh, establish um, a commercial um, business account for you. Peach worries about the same thing that John was predicting was going to happen, which was that marijuana would become a big business. Peach says if there are now marijuana businesses all over the state, and all of them are opening accounts in all of his branches, then all of a sudden he is a high-profile marijuana bank, a credit union for the pot business. And he thinks at that point he becomes so high-profile that perhaps the feds, if they decided to come after someone, are going to come after him, his credit union. Okay, so a credit union with branches all over the state was out. I went even more local. I went as local as I could find Islander Bank, serving customers only in one tiny corner of Washington state, only in a few islands way off the northwestern coast. Yes, it's almost Canada. We're in the San Juan Archipelago. We we are the definition of a small local bank. But Brad Williamson, the CEO, told me we have federal deposit insurance. We have insurance with the FDIC. So he's not sure would pot banking make us ineligible for that? And he adds, I don't think the feds would come after us, given that the voters decided it's legal here, but they could, right? The risk to reward, I, I mean, say, say the feds don't do anything. Okay, so you've got yourself a customer, hopefully a good customer, but uh, as, as a banker, um, dang, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're on the hook if you're doing business with, with people that are doing illegal activity. I, I mean... But it's not illegal now. It's not illegal in Washington state. And we're back where we started. Despite what the state voters decided, it is still a federal crime. And even the most local of local banks on an island says no. So for right now, John Davis, our medical marijuana salesman, says his options don't seem to have changed much after the vote. He says a marijuana seller's best option right now is really not that great. It's to do what he did. After a year of trying to operate all cash, John went to a new bank and he told them he wanted a business account. So I had to be colorful uh, with the way that I opened my account. Just didn't tell them the details of my business. When asked what we do, uh, well, we make money. (laughs) 
Is that a sufficient answer to a banker? Uh, apparently. When I set up this company, I, I've learned some lessons and I set it up very carefully. And I have a parent organization that is a very vanilla-sounding uh, uh, parent organization. You have a shell company. Uh, essentially. <laughs> um, what does your shell company do? Well, my shell company is a holding company for, uh, you know, my assets. But uh, currently my assets are limited to my uh, to Northwest Patient Resource Center. Which is your marijuana dispensary. Yes. You know, I, I don't feel great about having to kind of toy with the truth, but it's essential for me to have banking. I'm a business. And John says he thinks there will be banking for marijuana soon. He says because of the legalization in the states, he thinks the feds will figure out some way to quietly signal to the banks that it's safe to work with people like him. And then he thinks the banks will jump on the bandwagon for the same reason John has stuck with this business, even though it's meant, you know, stocking his ATM personally with his own cash, living with the constant threat of federal prison. Clearly, there's a future in it, uh, a very exciting future. As those huge rivers of money that are currently going through the black market start to go through legitimate businesses, and my business is set up to to accept that demand. I uh, think this cannabis thing is going to catch on. So if I am open in five years, I think that I will be very successful. And in a backhanded way, that's what the voters said they wanted. People like John to run legitimate businesses, make a killing, and then pay taxes. And for those things to happen, John and his friends, they're going to need banks. As always, we'd love to hear what you think. And, uh, you know, if you have any other stories of, of businesses like this with strange, strange problems in our economy, we would love to hear it. You can send them to us at planetmoney at npr.org. You can find us online, npr.org slash money. And I'm Hannah Jaffe-Walt. Happy 420. I'm Robert Smith. Thanks for listening. <laughs> 